Almost two weeks ago, the world saw a tragedy that uh, few words can describe. And today on Life Talks, Dan and I are going to be talking about uh, the war that has started over in Israel between the state of Israel and the terrorist group Hamas. Um, Dan, this is this is a heavy topic. Absolutely. We we try not we try we we reserve socio economic political humanitarian global current events to the podcast. We we keep Sunday morning sacred to be about the word and about the gospel and about the kingdom. Um, but sometimes there are things that happen in the world that require us as Christians to stop and to pause and to think. And um, unfortunately, we're about 10 days behind what we normally would have recorded something about this, but you were sick in the hospital. I was out of town. We are now just getting to it. But in some ways, um, it might even be better that we didn't do it right when it happened because right. a lot of things have transpired since right. then. So it's give us an opportunity to speak into it. But Dan, uh, first of all, I'm Ben, you're Dan. We are the teaching pastors here at Life Fellowship here in Cornelius, North Carolina. Um, just what were your thoughts? I mean, you were, when you saw what happened, what were your just raw emotions? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you kind of process in real time, <clears throat> just like, you know, I happen to be in Washington, D.C. on my way to the White House on 9-11. Mm. So I, you know, there's a lot of, you know, descriptiveness. At the time that this was unfolding for me, I did not, was not aware of it, but I had a case of COVID that was going to put me in the hospital in a matter of hours after yeah. I first heard yeah. about it. So, you, you know, I'm, you know, watching this through the veil of the fever and, and a lot of complications, you know, happening very rapidly, but just the horror of it all. Mm. And yet behind me also, there's just, there was a sense of here we go again. Yeah. Um, my entire lifetime, um, you, you know, the, the nation of Israel came about in 1948, so I was prior to my birth, but but my entire lifetime, periodically, these kind of things break out. Mm -hmm. And then obviously there was this other extenuating circumstance in that uh, six weeks from now, I was supposed to be in Israel with a group yeah. of 55 people yeah. from our church. Yes. I had friends who had just left for Israel with wow. their group and friends that were supposed to leave within a matter of days. So there was always that implication as well, which yeah. is, feels a little selfish at the moment to be worrying about things like that. But I mean, the reality is, is you know, when you're taking a group of scores of people someplace, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that and questions and, yeah, yeah. you know, worries and so forth. So all of those came all at once. But then when the scene started unfolding, when they started showing just, you know, blurred images of the horrific thing, I realized we were at a whole nother level yeah, this was, of a monstrosity. The, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of the kind of words you can use to describe the evil. It was evil yeah. that we saw. The barbaric, monstrous, animalist. I mean, there's just not enough. To me, it's more, I would say it's more satanic, demonic. When, yeah. when you see that kind of evil uh, just on display, to me, there's there's not, there's not enough human there's not enough words to describe the kind of evil that we saw. Yeah, I mean, at, at some level, as horrible as the Holocaust was, they weren't putting infants on the end of spears and parading them around. Yeah. You, you know that. Yeah. Th this is this is the stuff you read about in horror yeah. depictions yes. of you know the darkest ages of human civilization. Mm. It, yeah. It's just beyond comprehension, mm. and and I find it equally appalling and equally absurd that there are major political leaders in Washington D.C. and people on college campuses all across the country who can look in the face of this and say, "Well, that didn't really happen." Yeah, it's it's 
I mean, we know that there's Holocaust deniers, and yeah. and, and we, to me, it's there's always something about the Jewish people that seems to me. I mean, go back all the way from the Book of Exodus to the Holocaust. Yeah. There's something about the attack of you know certain human forces, human powers to destroy the Jewish people. And we can't deny that. I think it's because Satan hates the Jewish people because they're God's chosen people. Anything that God has ever done or ever chooses to use anyone or anything, Satan is is inclined to do everything possible to bring, you know, to destruction, death, heartache to those people. And so to me, there, there's something about just the demonic forces of evil spiritual forces of evil that are working against the Jewish people that we just see it over and over and over again. And and I agree with everything you say, said on that. However, I mean, we're five minutes in and I haven't said anything controversial, so here I go. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> do it. I also think that it is stunning how we on the right and on the left are willing to suspend reality because of our ideology. And I think a lot of yes. that's what's happening here. Yeah. And to me, it's the same kind of thinking that that some people have used to deny election results and yeah. and all kinds of absurdity on the right as well. Mm -hmm. And at, at some point, we have to hold ourselves accountable to facts. Yes. Even if the facts don't align up with our ideology. Yeah. We have to align ourselves up to truth. And the further we remove ourselves from standards of truth in our culture, the more breakdown we're going to see on this. And that's why we're having this chaos. This chaos globally is because we have no moral compasses. We have no rights from wrongs. Yeah. We think that democracy is the solution, and democracy isn't the solution because evil people elect evil people to represent That's right. them. That's right. I believe that we are in the process, ideologically, of seeing the death of democracy as a possible form of governance. And I think this is just another piece of evidence of it because the, these folks can see it in black and white. They can smell the bodies and still say, yeah, but— yeah, and it, as long as we have this yeah, but mentality, whether we're right or left, but where ideology supersedes reality, then we're toast. Yeah, I think you what you just touched on to me is the fundamental problem that we have in our world today, and that is if the truth doesn't matter, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to put it, but like yeah. if the truth doesn't matter to say, you know, it, there's we can acknowledge that what happened a couple of weeks ago in Israel, the attack of the Hamas, that's a horrible evil. And if people want to ignore that and be like, well, yeah, but well, that was just a, re it's a cycle of violence. And again, we've got a, there's a, there's a larger conversation to have about the geopolitical issues between Arabs and, is, and, and Israelis or Jewish. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's so much we could spend the next 30, 40, 50 minutes talking about. And this is a long, I mean, this has been going on for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. But to, to, to boil this down to a cycle of violence is not the right way to respond to this. Yeah. This was, this was outright evil. It was planned. I mean, they, they attacked when it was uh, a holy day where they knew their guard would be down a little bit. There's there's yeah. some issues on Israel's side to figure out, like, how did this happen? Yeah. But you got to call evil evil when you see evil. Well, and I think that's another thing. Having been to Israel, I think it's one, one of the things that we ought to and, – and I've not seen it much in the press. So they largely attacked two things. Number one was the music festival, which mm -hmm. was a 
a, a, a world peace peace snake type type thing. Yep. And the, the reason why they had it so close to the border was they were making this symbolic. Can we all get along symbolically? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Down. The other thing is almost all of the places they they attacked were kibbutzes. Now in America we have no idea. Most of us, unless you've actually been there, seen them, or you're Jewish, what a kibbutz is. But a kibbutz is a commune. Hmm. Now the, the the history of them is nearly a hundred years old. Actually, they pre they predate. The, the formal establishment of of the state of Israel, state of Israel. Yeah. Uh, but what they are are they're groups of very left leaning people. They hold everything in common. They it's all make Marxist. the same amount of. It's very Marxist. They make all the. They, they make. They, they have a, a. Usually a kibbutz has a enterprise. It can be agricultural. Uh, the one that I was at was. Um, it, it was basically a hotel complex. Many of them. They they actually have dining halls. They all have their meals in common together. If you even looked at the pictures of of you know the tragedies, all the houses were very very. Um, low end, uh, very, very cookie cutter because everybody lives in basic of the same format. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and they, they, they see themselves as rather intellectual and free thinking. A lot of artists go to kibbutzes. Uh, the, the way they govern themselves is they have these huge long meetings where they debate and argue and so forth. Um, so, but they're very peaceful loving people. They're very left oriented people, pacifist, they're very socialist, yeah. pacifist. Yeah. In fact, one guy whose three teenage children were put into bed with he and his wife and then executed with bullets between their eyes was a guy that had an annual event where he would fly kites along the wall with messages of peace so that the people on the Gaza side would see that not everybody was, you know, whatever they envisioned Jews to be. And, and these same people that he was sending messages of peace peace to took him and his three teenage kids and his wife and and murdered them in mm. their bed mm. so but but and 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 you know that that kind of thinking is foreign to me for yeah. a lot, a lot yeah. of different reasons but i would just simply say they didn't attack soldiers they didn't attack yeah. militants they attacked pe- it was, it was, people was, that were not going to put up a fight <laughs> <laughs> they knew that what you're saying is they knew where to attack where there would be the least resistance and the most body count yeah and and you know the american in me has to say thank god for the second amendment because that kind of stuff isn't going to fly in yeah, this country 100% right. so i i i want to take a step back dan and just for a few minutes I'd like to give a little history on the on the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I do that? Absolutely. Last hundred years, if you want to understand what's going on, basically you have something called the, the Balfour Declaration. Well, first of all, the Ottoman Empire owned, controlled that area of the world for about 400 years, right? 400, 500 years. They controlled that area of uh, Palestine, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then after World War One, there was uh, the – the, the the Britain the, the British Empire British government took control over Palestine. Now there was something called the Balfour Declaration that I think it was 1917 when they declared, "Hey, we should make the Jew give the Jews a, a permanent residence of statehood in the in the Holy Land in the Promised Land." And governments had a lot of different opinions about that. Um, but after World War II, well, during so after uh, 1917. You saw a massive drove of Jewish people moving there to to just kind of buy houses, establish themselves. But prior to World War II, almost 600,000 people called that area home that were Jews. So Jewish people, almost over half a million people moved there during that time just to say, hey, we want to resettle into our promised land. Part of it was as a response to all of the anti-Semitism and the hate. Well, after World War II, we know with the Holocaust – the governments of the world really in re- reaction to the Holocaust said, we can never let this happen again to a group of people. Mm-hmm. And so with 
you know, I, I think it was the United Nations in 1947 declared they passed a resolution giving the Jewish people statehood. The Americans were the first ones to really recognize that. And right after they recognized Israel, the, the Israeli nation in 1948, the five nations surrounding them, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Lebanon, Lebanon they all attacked. And it was about an 18-month war. They, the Jews called it the, the War of Independence, and they were able to defeat all these five nations um, and gain their independence. And um, and and about 20 years later, you had the Six-Day War, where you had another five of the Arab nations around there attack them. And in six days, you had the, the Jewish people or the Israeli people you know, defend themselves and defeat all these nations around them. They were outnumbered, I think six or six to one or something like that. It was it was uh, unbelievable. But it was during that time that they gained Gaza from Egypt, they gained um, the the, Gol- the Golan Heights from Syria and the West Bank from Jordan, because they were saying, "Hey, we won this in a war." Well, ever since then, those territories have been under dispute dispute there thank <laughs> you and so um all of these peace to, i mean he, he, you go back but there, there's one element you didn't you, you didn't cover there was that in 1948 first of all there's never been a nation of palestine never there's never been a nation of no. palestine Mm-mm. so when they when they talk about that but they were the palestinians were offered statehood statehood they were offered yes. land in where they could establish a state and they refused it because they didn't want Israel to exist. Exactly. So they it was either we get it all or we get none of it. I'm glad you made that point. The, my point is there's always been people in that that area that do not want Israel to even exist. Right. So when we talk about we need to have peace, you can't make peace with people who believe you should be dead. Exactly. That that's what we're dealing with right here. Now, now, I say all that to say we have to as Christians we can't let our you know political ideology really influence how we deal with you know all all people. Here's here's one of the issues I I wrestle with Dan, and that is this: I'm all for Israel defending themselves, you know, making sure that this never happens again. I'm all for that. What I am concerned about is the American Christian evangelical who watches and, and is abhorred by what happened, and that we all are, but does not give an ounce of care or concern to anyone who's Palestinian, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To the Arab people or even to their Christian brothers and sisters who are over there. Mm -hmm. Because we both know, I mean, it's not a large percentage, but there are, there are Palestinian Christians who are our brothers and sisters in Christ that, that I think a lot of Christians are like, doesn't matter. They don't, they they view all people as Hamas. And I think that we got to make sure that that is not everyone's Hamas over there. Not everyone is Hamas, but a majority are. And I think that's something that the left in this country is not considering, or nor do they really care. Right. And in, in that <clears throat> the government of the Palestinian people, there's another opposition party. It's the Palestine, Palestinian Liberation Organization, that's PLO, right. mm-hmm. which was headed by Yasser Arafat, who was willing to make a two-piece or two-nation two nation solution. solution. And the Palestinians in Gaza have elected Hamas leadership over and over and over again in whatever form of democracy they have. So the and, and again, when you only have two percent of the population who are Christians, yeah, and by Christians you can get everything from Catholics to right Orthodox, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, very few evangelicals like mm-hmm. well, we would think of Christians. Um, you know, their voice is obviously largely diluted. But as I mentioned to you off air, you know, I had a Palestinian Christian born again believer in my church in Florida, mm-hmm. and she often educated me as to some of the things that they had faced. That's right. And 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 again, we can rationalize or, or whatever. 
the Jewish the Jewish nation has on one hand been very tolerant of Arabs that live in the land. 100%. There there are members of the Knesset that are That's right. Arabs. Yes. At at the same time, they're not friendly to evangelical Christians. They're not friendly to Muslim or to to Muslims. They're not and 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 particularly in certain parts of the Jewish culture, they're very, very hostile. I mean, very, very angry. They're, they're one of the most closed countries in the face of the planet. To, yeah, you don't to see Christians. Baptist churches. In, in, if, you, if you went over, you, you can go over there as a tourist all you want. The right. moment you do something that proselytizes, yeah, they, you will be arrested and you will be sent on the next plane home to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah they like our money, <laughs> but they don't like our Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, Knowing that this is the history, that this is just another iteration of evil that, you know, there, there's – this was their 9-11 times 10 when you compare right. what was lost, lives lost, the size of the population. What, what do we as American evangelical Christians, how should we respond? What are the things that we need to be doing in Oh, I'm glad you asked because let me just with say – the four minutes we here, have left. Here's one thing we don't do. And, you know, as soon as this happened, I could hear John Haggy pulling his typewriter out and putting it on his desk. We need to quit looking at this conflict through a, you know, premillennial dispensational point of view exclusively. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I've been a believer for 50 some odd years. I can tell you that. For 50-some-odd years from Jack Van Impey to John Hagee and every crackpot <laughs> in between, they've got another – every time every time a, a, a goat falls off a cliff and, and, and it's a sign of the times. <laughs> and, you know, enough of that. Enough of that. The end time started when Jesus ascended into heaven. Yes. Paul thought he was living in the end times. The apostles thought they were living in the end times. We think we're living in the end times, but we do not know what the end times yes. really constitute. Yes. So we, we have to understand this. The end time, the, the coming again of Christ is going to happen when God says it 100%. and not a moment before. And 100%. we need to spend a whole lot less energy trying to figure that date out. 100%. Okay, that was my rant. Okay. <laughs> what else? <laughs> no, your turn. Your turn. I'm tired. Well, I, I, I'm going to go back and, and kind of apply what I suggested before. We need to. We need to be concerned about the Jewish people. We need to be concerned about the Palestinian people who are innocent. I think we need to we need to care for both both groups of people. Yeah. And I think and you're in no way suggesting there's any kind of moral equivalency in this. No, no. I, I mean, I just want to make sure because there'll be some. I, I mean, somebody who'll go freaking out. I think over there's this. a. I think there's a fundamental question that a lot of Christians need to ask themselves: Is does God love Jews more than other people? Yeah. Okay. Good... You have to answer that question. Now, I'm not denying that there is not a special relationship that God has with the Jewish people, but I, 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 I refuse to believe that God has a sticker chart in heaven and they've got more. You know what I mean? Like, like, right, right. like God loves those Palestinians as much as he loves those Jews over there and wants all of them to come to him. There's, there is a lot of evil. I mean, the Islamic Jihad entire culture of what they're trying to do is just despicable evil. I, I don't have enough words of evil to describe what, what Hamas and Islamic Jihad are about. Um, but, but please do not turn. If we're not going to turn a blind, we don't, as much as we would, we would say, I hate the, the evil that was done to the Jewish people by, by Hamas. And I'm not saying that Israel's equal to Hamas. All I'm saying is, can we at least have some compassion for the people who genuinely just want to live and not, not not be at war with anyone. I think I think we need to realize not everyone who is an Arab is is a terrorist. And 
the more we can pray for those people, as much as we are praying for the Jewish people, let us let us love all people because we see in Revelation there's what God wants is all nations, all tribes, all tongues. There's not one person, there's not one group he loves more than another. And so therefore we need to make sure that our heart is not influenced by our our political ideology to say we like these people more than these people. That's my that's my biggest thing is let's love all people. Good point. Good point. And and <clears throat> let's start a kibbutz, Dan. Let's start a kibbutz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would vote me out really quickly. I'd be the first one off the island. <laughs> you get voted off in kibbutzes? <laughs> I would. <laughs> well, you, for sure. After start Dan starts unloading his AR15s and his, his 9 millimeters like I don't think you get the role of a kibbutz, man. <laughs> Sorry. So, well, to me, and again, you know, the ideology of everything going on and what we're seeing in the streets of the world is is frustrating because, you know, I think extremism is always dangerous, whether, yeah. whether on the right or the left. If you have strength and never use it, then it's meaningless. Yeah. And if you have strength and you want to use it first, then you don't understand the responsibility of having strength. And And I think there's, you know, kind of... These, let's nuke Gaza versus, <laughs> you know, let's just have a picnic and I think we'll all get along. Yeah, exactly. Some, but then again, like you said, as we started off and we're now finished, 4,000 years and two guys in a podcast booth in Cornelius, North we're Carolina do not have this. the solutions, right? I, I, I will say this because I'm going to mention this on a Sunday morning, but, you know, a lot of people said, why don't you say anything on Sunday mornings? These are the times where you and I can talk about this and mm -hmm. we only spent 20 minutes on it. We barely skimmed the surface of oh, this. Oh, yeah. Saying something on a Sunday morning about these kinds of things are things we, we just want to keep that time sacred. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we don't love Israel. It doesn't mean we don't love for the Jewish people. It doesn't mean we want to pray for them. But let me just say this. You don't need Dan or I to say pray for them. Like Thank as Christians, you. Thank you. you should be able to know that we love all people. You know, you and I never said anything about the, the, the genocide and the ethnic cleansing in Azerbaijan last month. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that that's not important to God. It just doesn't. It means that you know, in that neck of the woods of the of the world, it's just there's not a lot of money. There's not a lot of you know people are. But there were some hor you know hor horrific um, atrocities being t taking place there. Yeah. It that matters to God too. Yeah. And so so every time you see evil, pray, pray for them, pray for peace, pray for righteousness, pray for truth. Um, but you don't need Dan and I to say something every single time. Okay, um, that's my rant. Was that a, was that a gentle rant? I, I, you were you were always far gentler than me, <laughs> which is why we all love you. Okay, and 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 I can only say, I mean, we're not going to let CNN and Fox News no. change the agenda that we have for 100%, Sunday morning. Hundred yeah. percent, and and it's intentional. And yeah. and and the reality is, if you said something last Sunday, mm -hmm. the rest of the service, a large percentage of the audience would have been saying, "Well, I would have said it this way," or "I don't think I it's agree a, with it." It is, and it, we, you're we would have completely right. taken our. And when do we draw a line of when to say what? Yeah. Again, that's that's why we hold these conversations for the podcast. Yeah, so, so don't think we we didn't know and don't think we didn't care. In fact, you and I had an exchange yeah. about it yeah. mm -hmm. um, from my hospital bed. Um, <laughs> but, but, but the reality is there is always a, a reason behind the scene. 100%. And hopefully you can trust our hearts 100%. that we always want to glorify God in all we do. Amen. Um, I, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you on how to pray, how to respond, how to think about... 
uh, current events because these things are going to happen again. Um, unfortunately, evil is always going to display itself. And when it does, we as Christians need to speak the truth. We need to speak the truth in love. We need to love, point people to Jesus, and um, ask God for, for justice and righteousness to be done in our land. And uh, so thanks again for joining us today on Life Talks. I know this is kind of a heavier topic subject, um, but God calls us to be salt and light, um, to be to be full of grace and truth, and we need to keep walking that out in our lives, no matter what it is. Thanks again for joining us on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.